had to be you. Is that men and women can't be friends because the sex part always gets in the way. I'm in love with Could you. make me be true. Snap out of it. Could the magnificence that comes out of your eyes and your voice and the way you stand there and the way you walk. You're lit from within, Tracy. It had to be you, wonderful you. It had to be you. Hello, romantics. Welcome to It Had to Be You, the Talk Film Society podcast that's all about falling in love on the big screen. I'm your host, Manish Mathur, and each episode I'll be chatting with a guest about one of their favorite romantic comedies from classics to modern hits. My guest today is Radhika Menon. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Really, uh, really glad to have you on the show and to be talking about this um, this film. Would you like to introduce it for us? Yeah, um, we're doing Notting Hill, the classic. 90s uh, Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant vehicle about an actress who falls in love with a bookshop owner. Yeah, I so surprisingly I have not I had not seen this movie until earlier this year. Um, oh my god! I know, right? It's like one of those movies that I just kept missing, and um, I uh, so like randomly found myself going through a Julia Roberts phase during the early part of the, you know, COVID-19 lockdown, which is still going on. Um, <laughs> both my Julia Roberts phase and lockdown. And um, this was streaming on HBO. And I was like, you know what, I'm in the mood for it. And um, I was very happy to watch it. Do you remember the first time you saw it? Um, it was definitely... When I was younger, I watched it with my mom. I can't even pinpoint because I came back to it like many times over the years. But I watched it last night and it kind of felt like the first time I was watching it because I remembered absolutely nothing except for the iconic I'm just a girl line um, at the end. But like I was shocked that I like remembered nothing. Like I didn't remember the press junket um, finale. And then I didn't remember like the beginning when he goes to her other press junket lots of press junkets in this movie so it was kind of like really great watching it again because like i knew i loved it but i like didn't remember any part of it (laughs) um but definitely something that i watched with my mom way back in the day yeah yeah you know um it's so uh it's so interesting that you had that experience with this movie because like there's so many movies like that from this you know mid to like mid to late 90s era for me that it's just like that where it's like i know that i love this movie and i have such a fond memory of it but i have no um no recollection of actually like what happened and um, with you know with Notting Hill, actually I kind of had the almost the reverse because like I hadn't seen it before, but there were so many things that I felt like I had just absorbed through you know the like memes or homages through like pop culture, like definitely the um, I'm just a girl scene and I think like Horse and Hound, you know that's the oh my god, I love that scene. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that, that was, was like, one thing that I, yeah, had felt like I remembered from this movie. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was just going to say that was, like, the one scene I think that stood out more this time. Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like I did, it, like, I don't have too many, like, touch points to it in terms of, like, memes and things. But, like, watching that scene, I was, like, dying of laughter because it's so well written. It's so well acted. It's just, like, really funny. And it it's actually, like, a comedy scene in this, like romance um yeah which is amazing yeah so do you have any like special like um attachment to like Hugh Grant um as a like romantic lead like um in ter- like you know his other I mean he's so famous for doing these romances especially in like the 90s and 2000s like are, like are you a Hugh Grant fan um you know I'm like not really mm-hmm. I never I actually haven't seen Four Weddings and a Funeral um I really like him in music and lyrics, which is like probably not one of the like premier Hugh Grant movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's so charming in that, and it's like such a good movie. Um, but I don't have like an attachment to him. I think I more so my mom's favorite actor actress was Julia Roberts, so okay. it was kind of more of an attachment to her over yeah. him. 
So, and she's incredible in this movie. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I have so much to say about Julia Roberts, because um, I'm, yeah, she, she's my, uh, you know, um, she's my conduit into this movie, right? Like, mm-hmm. I always thought of this as a Julia Roberts movie, but I, um, I'm so glad you mentioned musical lyrics, because that's an amazing movie. Um, I love that. I think it's so good. <laughs> like, I if think you ever do it on this pod, I'll come back for yes, it. Like, I love that movie. Do. Yeah, I love that. Um, because, like, there was, you know, like, Hugh Grant had done a lot of, like, mediocre romantic comedies in that time but i feel like music and lyrics was like the one like the best one of those and like just was above above the others like you know um i think one of the worst movies i've ever seen in the movie theater is this movie called uh, did you hear about the morgans with him and um sarah jessica parker where they it's like a witness protection romantic mm-hmm. comedy and they're like um, like fighting married people who like fall in love on some farm when they're hiding from the mob or something. It's like so oh, stupid. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, music and lyrics is great. But yeah, for you know, I am uh, I do like Hugh Grant. Like um, especially uh, for me, like Bridge Jones' Diary is probably um, yes. like the my favorite of these uh, Hugh Grant movies. But I think you know I was thinking about. Um, you know, both him and Julia Roberts in this movie together, like, I think they're sort of both at the peak of their, like, romantic comedy stardom. You know, she had, like, mm-hmm. of course done, you know, Pretty Woman and my, my Best Friend's Wedding, and he had done, you know, Four Weddings and a Funeral. And uh, I think, like, bringing these two together, like, as I was watching the movie, I felt like, wow, like, these they have such different like sensibilities as romantic comedy leads and to like bring them together for this specific story felt so natural like you know he's so like every man and he does this you know the stammering Mm -hmm. thing and she's always so like poised and charismatic and um yeah i mean i really like this movie is so interesting in terms of you know like I, like, a lot of romantic comedies do that, like, oh, this is a modern fairy tale, but I think in a lot of ways, like, this one really is. Yeah, it really is. And on yeah. that, like, I did, like, a little bit of reading before this, and it, I think the director, like, tried to cast just, like, an everyday man to play that role, and then at the end it was just like, nah, I'm just gonna do you, Grant. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like, it makes sense, like, it, and he totally pulls it off. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I do want to I definitely have a lot to say about Joe Roberts because, like, she's one of my favorite um, favorite actors of I think like ever, but like definitely of this this era because um, she just like you know for someone who's such a like big movie star like you I feel like I I feel like for a while I was taking her for granted as as like an act, as an actor because. I always just thought of it as just like, oh, you know, like she's so charismatic and she has that beautiful smile and she's so like great on screen. But like I've done, um, I've done like two other, no, three other Julia Roberts movies on this podcast, and each time I'm like, wow, she's like really amazing. And I think Notting Hill is probably my favorite of her performances. Yeah, she's incredible, and like her career is really interesting too because she is definitely partly credited with a lot of the rom-com revival in the nineties when she did pretty woman and some of those other, um, like my best friend's wedding and all that. But then she pivots to like Aaron Brockovich and like does the oceans 11 movies and like all of that. So she's like so versatile and just like is incredible every single time. Like in Notting Hill, she's so believable and like she really sells that scene when um, they're at Hugh Grant's sister's birthday dinner and she's like you know she's the celebrity in the room everyone like doesn't know how to act around her but she's like so good at being down to earth and being like I'm a normal human being and I have issues too and like she sells that so well just like in her body language and like she's like comfortable with these normal people and like that's part of a life that she longs for and you can tell just like the way that she carries herself in that scene and it's it's just so like it's very like when you notice it, you're like, wow, like that's acting right there. Yeah, um, actually, that birthday party scene is like one of my favorite moments in the film because, um, exactly as you're saying, like she has that 
it's like it's so awkward for her to be in that space because everyone is just fawning over her and then um one of his friends just like does not recognize her and yeah. he's just like talking to her as if she's some like struggling actor and um just like her body like her body language is so precise and she's so like careful with her words and she's so like um like she's trying so hard to be normal and it's uh, and she's getting this like taste of like what it's like to be just a normal girl on a normal date and not having to worry about you know paparazzi or anything like that and like I think you really um, I think like casting Julia Roberts in this role is so perfect almost so almost too perfect because it's like it's so easy to imagine her as you know this glamorous movie star and in some ways we're getting a oh I mean we're getting a window into you know what that stardom um like what that stardom means for her like insecurity and her anxiety about all of her interactions and um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what Julia Roberts is like in real life, but it's easy <laughs> to imagine her being like someone who just like wants to be so normal when she's not, you know, in front of a camera. Yeah, and I think it's really important, like in the writing, that they made her kind of an unlikable character in a lot of ways. Like she's mm-hmm. not really nice to him for a lot of it, and you know she at times it seems like she's just using him and just using him when it's convenient for her and, you know, runs away the second that like she wants to live her famous life again. Yeah. And especially in that time and like a lot of what we're talking about in like current film criticism and things is like, like women aren't always allowed to just be unlikable or like just be human. And it's kind of amazing looking back that like, this kind of a character existed in a movie that came out in the nineties because, you know, she's flawed and she's allowed to be flawed and like still deserve love at the end. And like, I think that's really incredible. That to me is what catapults this into like a classic romantic comedy because you are absolutely right. And it's the, it's one thing that I was really um, surprised by. It's I'm still surprised by it. even every time I, you know, I've seen this movie um, you know, a number of times now, and I'm still, and then like I was watching the clips of it even this this morning, like this afternoon, um, and I was just so, just so, so I, I'm still surprised that this movie allows her to jerk him around and not really have a clear motivation to do so. And you are you like we as an audience can surmise that well it's just because of the pressures of stardom and the pressures of her career and stuff. But also it's just she doesn't know what she wants from him and she doesn't know what she can give him as a romantic partner either. And it's okay that she needs that time to figure it out. And but it, it's okay and it's not okay. It doesn't let her off the hook, but it also mm-hmm. it gives her the space to be a flawed human being and. I think, you know, there's so many, so many romantic comedies that are told from the man's point of view where the woman is this, like, perfect, unknowable creature and, you know, she's unattainable in a way that is, like, elusive and, Mm -hmm. you know, captivating. But in this movie, she's unattainable because she kind of is unlikable and is a little selfish. And that, to me, is so interesting and much more... um, like rich as a like character study than something like um i don't know i don't want to throw this movie under the bus but i like it but like 500 days of summer which is like mm-hmm. a, i love a movie it too I but like, yeah but like it <laughs> definitely is very distant when it comes to you know summer yeah um, yeah but i think this movie does a really good job of like balancing that and making her an interesting character a well-rounded character but one that we're kind of frustrated by Yeah, and I think you mentioned how this movie is kind of like a fantasy playing out in real life. And I think having a character, her character be written that way really grounds it to be believable, Mm -hmm. because otherwise it's just like, all right, like everyone wants a celebrity to fall in love with them. Like, that's the dream. And Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, but like if it actually happens, they might not be who you think they are. And that's kind of playing with those ideas. And I think it's really smart the way that they do it. Yeah. Um, You know, one thing that I was thinking about 
is you know whenever there's whenever there are movies that are about movie stars like it's um sometimes it's a little hard to picture that character like as a movie star in the sense that like we don't know like it's a little hard to grasp like what kind of movie star they are and um how do you feel about that with Notting Hill like do do you think you like do you get a clear picture of like who Anna Scott is like as a celebrity and you know major movie star that's an interesting question I think they do a decent job at kind of placing her in terms of like she has the tabloid situation with her leaked Mm -hmm. nude photos and she talks about like the plastic surgery and the diets and how tabloids really all they care about is like who she's currently sleeping with and how that follows her around forever. So I don't know that it it's, I think it's talking more about celebrity culture versus pinning her as a specific type of celebrity. Like it's really talking a lot more about the media and how the media reacts to celebrity culture instead of kind of giving her, like, I can't really point to her and be like, well, that's like, you know, I don't even know an example, like a Blake Lively versus a Selena Gomez. Right. Like I can't like right. place them in like categories. Cause yeah. I think she's kind of playing a generic here are all the woes of that celebrity people who are live their life in the public eye go through. Um, and I think it's like, it's pretty smart in the way that it does that. Um, but again, I, I don't think it's necessarily like putting her in a specific box. Yeah. I, I have to agree there. Um, I think sometimes whenever a, movies about movies the temptation for the filmmakers is to be like really outlandish and funny and mm-hmm. and i think this movie indulges in that a little bit i think the movie she's um like promoting in the beginning is like some like weird sci-fi movie that probably would make you know like a hundred dollars you know Felix. Yeah. <laughs> um but I think you're right in that this movie is like more concerned with her as a like capital C celebrity, and it's more about you know the pressures of um, a being famous versus like actually like who like what is her like what is her impact you know as as an actor, and like we get a little bit hint of that like with um, you know with like uh, Hugh Grant's sister, but mm-hmm. even then like she has like in that like birthday party scene she's so obsessed with Anna Scott but it's also like I'm obsessed with you as a celebrity not as a like I I'm like having trouble picturing like these characters going to see her movies versus like I can picture them easily like looking at the tabloids you know yeah and I think the movie is much more successful as a satire or like deconstruction of celebrity than it is of like like Hollywood or like movie making um, which I, was a little disappointing to me at first, but I think as I kind of jived with the movie, then I was like, okay, I kind of I understand what they're going for, and that's it's an interesting way to look at the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I was disappointed with it because I do think it's really smart in what it is saying about yeah, the yeah. celebrity culture. But like on a side note, like I feel like Anna Scott needs to fire her agent because all of her movies just look horrible. <laughs> and yeah. I'm just like curious <laughs> as to like what kind of a following she has. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because like if she were more of, an, of a Julia Roberts analog, which is like what I was thinking about, what, like which is like what I was like hoping for or thought that's where we're going, it'd be much like... I, I could see the celebrity a little bit more clearly, but mm-hmm. um, cause that's like, well, you know, then she's a rom-com star. She's an America sweetheart. She, you know, like that's why like women are flocking to her movies just because she's that, you know, every girl or every woman. Mm-hmm. But um, I, exactly. Like, cause I, I think the movies are just a little too ridiculous. That I'm like, okay, this is clearly some like screenwriter or like production designer having some fun, which is great. I mean, it's very funny. But I'm like, uh, girl, you're not because then like it's not even that like she's like not popular or that she's not making money. Like she's still supposedly to be very famous and and uh, and she's making 15 million. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, But um, what do you think about the uh, the supporting cast? Um, Risa Fons, who plays Spike, is just like. 
Every time I watch it, I'm like, you're the most disgusting human, and I would like hate to live with you. But also, you kind of have a heart of gold, and I I need you. Like, I don't know. It was like he has, I think, one of the best like turns because at first he's just like, all right, whatever. Like he's just like a kooky person that's like, you know, Hugh Grant's sidekick, and like you don't really pay much attention to him. But he kind of yeah. gets his own little like you know, his own little arc with um, the sister. And at the end, he's like, you're an idiot. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Go after her. (laughs) So like, I really liked that the way that they kind of balanced um, his absolute absurdity with kind of having like an important role in, in getting them together. Um, And then I also liked the, the couple and I don't know either of their names, but one of them's in a wheelchair and the other one's, you know, really doting, and I think that was a really good picture of what Hugh Grant's character is looking for. And he, you know, it's like life through them, like such a curveball and they're still so devoted to each other. And I think that is really like a really good juxtaposition of like what um, Hugh Grant's character is like searching for and trying to get with Julia Roberts and not always succeeding and, you know, going through all of these ups and downs and her rejecting him and like whatever. And at the end of the day, it's like, he just wants a relationship like that where he, if anything happens, he can carry her up the stairs to bed and like all is well. Yeah. Um, so I, I know you haven't seen Four Weddings and a Funeral, which I would um, recommend you do so. It, it, it's quite a lovely movie. And, you know, I covered that on this podcast earlier this year. Um, and um, it's 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 a very similar kind of hook where, you know, it is Hugh Grant with this American woman <laughs> and it's played by Andy McDowell in that movie. And around him are these like really colorful supporting characters who have their own little mini arcs and are, you know, there's even a couple that is sort of like what, you know, the Hugh, what Hugh Grant's, what Hugh Grant wants from a relationship. And it's an inter- it's a, it's a good setup because it allows for like, you know, these sort of every man kind of like not that specific character, main characters to have a little bit more like color to them because they're surrounded by so many interesting people that it's like, well, this guy must be kind of interesting if he has all these, you know, kooky friends around him and yeah you know, and and all that and um, it also gives him more of a like support system as you're saying so that they can support him through the sort of ups and downs of this relationship. But where I think Four Weddings and a Funeral fails um, and Notting Hill is sort of the better of that is the romance because I, I think the the romance in this movie is so lived in and so honest, but um i but i i do love this this you know i do love the supporting characters around hugh grant because um they just like they're just like funny and they're sarcastic and they feel like real friends that you have and um you know reese funds like oh god yeah disgusting is you know such a great word <laughs> because like i like i had a roommate that was like would hang around in his underwear all day and it was just like uh-huh. I get you're in your own home, but like, um, <laughs> please Ew, cover I'm up so because sorry. like, it's just so like, it's so annoying. And like, it was just like that where it was just like, he was just gross, but like not in a way that like, not like physically gross, but just like, I don't know. It was just like, he was too much. Okay. I'm a bachelor. I don't care. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. kind of like guy thing. <laughs> there's like no cleanliness yeah, detected yeah. in that. Like there's like yeah. so many scenes where, like, you can just, like, see half of Reza Fun's, like, butt. And I'm just like, I didn't sign up for this. Like, I don't want this. (laughs) But you're absolutely right in that, like, he has this, like, heart to him and has this, like, he's just so, um, just, like, jovial. So it's, like, I I get why he's, like, kept around because, like, he seems like a good guy but just, like, needs to, like, shape up. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I really, like... Um, I really like that couple too, and you know, I, I like what you say about you know the uh, the wheel, like sort of like the life's tragedy part of it. Because it's like you kind of do like this like Richard Curtis romance movies have such a like pure heart to them because it's like you just like want someone to just like be there for you, and that seems to be the like crux of all like a lot of his romantic movies, like For Witnesses' Funeral, About Time, Bridget Jones' Diary, even even yesterday like 
it's just like he has a very like I think he ha- I think he has a very like soft center and some of his movies are more successful than others but um, I think like this movie is, is like the sort of the best idea of like his romantic spirit. Yeah, I also liked that the sister just kind of decides that she's going to be with Risa Fon's character. <laughs> but like it, like you said, in a very like heartfelt way, she's just yeah. like, he's kind of funny looking and like kind of gross, but like hard of like, he's, he's great. And like, he'll be there for me. Yeah. And like, you know, it's like at the end of the day, that's like the only thing that matters. And it seems like that. So it's pulled through in every single like romantic storyline that comes in the movie. Anna, look, um, I'm a fairly level-headed bloke. Um, not often in and out of love, but uh, can I just say no to your kind request and leave it at that? Yes. Fine, of course, I... Of course. Well, I'll just be going. Um, Then it was nice to see you. The thing is... With you, I'm in real danger. It seems like a perfect situation, apart from that foul temper of yours. But... My relatively inexperienced heart would, I fear, not recover... Uh, if I was once again cast aside as I would absolutely uh, expect to be uh, there are just too many pictures of you, too many films <laughs> you know, you'd go and I'd be uh, well buggered basically. that really is real no isn't it I live in Notting Hill, you live in Beverly Hills everyone in the world knows who you are my mother has trouble remembering my name. Fine. Fine. Good decision. Good decision. The fame thing isn't really real, you know. And don't forget, I'm also just a girl. Standing in front of a boy. Asking him to love her. What are some of your favorite, like scenes in the film i know we talked okay. a little about about the the press junket in the beginning but yeah um, well i love the horse and hound press junket because i love just like that he keeps having to pretend like he has seen this movie and like <laughs> tie it back to a horse and like that people are like it's set in space like this is not a thing it's so, like <laughs> i love that um, we already talked about the dinner scene. That's another really good one. Um, I really like some of just like the small moments where they're kind of like getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. There's that scene where she, where they're trying to like jump over the fence and he keeps like failing and saying whoopsie daisy. And she just like <laughs> goes in on him and is like, what are you saying? Like, that's insane. And like, that's just like a very real, like when you're getting to know someone and you're kind of just like making fun of each other's mannerisms and like, yeah, yeah. and it's very like, very normal thing and it's happening with like a movie star and that's like really crazy um so i love that i really love the um after they've broken up and he's you we just see like a year of his life go by in the different seasons changing and like with ain't no sunshine and i also love that mindy kaling used that in the four weddings tv um Yeah. TV adaptation, which I didn't realize until I watched Notting Hill yesterday because it seemed like I watched this movie for the first time. So <laughs> I was like, oh, like, that's really cool. Um, so I, I liked that device because it's really like impactful and just showing like he's kind of depressed for a year and like this woman really like did something to him and like kind of solidifies like 
that it wasn't just a fling. It was like something that meant a lot more to him. Yeah, like the the romance wasn't just like yeah, like it's almost worth it, like how much, you know, she is uncertain and jerks him around because it was like something real that they had together. You know, I I I really like that passage of time montage because I kind of like when romantic comedies like span a number of years or like span a long time because it feels like um, it feels more like grounded, uh, mm-hmm. especially when it's a movie that like so, like romantic comedies. You know, that's the fantasy of like the couple gets together at the end and everything works out, but like. When there's like a long span of time, they feel like there's room for like growth, development, and you know circumstances change, you know people's lives change, and it's like he, you know, they might not have been ready to go for it in the beginning, but you know a year later they're still thinking about each other, and so they're ready to go for it there. And um, like this movie is like two hours long and has like well, twelve acts. <laughs> You know, like it just like it's like it's like the Nancy Myers thing too, where it's just like a lot of time goes by, and so you just like really feel that length of time with the characters, and that when they're ready to get together, then they do. And I think a lot of romantic comedies are like take place over like I don't know a week or a month, and it just feels like when they get together at the end, it's like feels a little rushed. And and here, like their their love story goes through so many roller coasters, right? There's so much like ups and downs, and I'm in love with you, but I can't be with you all that. And when they when they get together at the end, it just feels like it feels it feels cathartic. And I'm like, this is why I watch movies like this because like at the end, you just really you like you root for the characters because you've been on this like two hour long uh, journey with them. Yeah, I think you're so right because. Like you said, like timing is everything when it comes to romantic relationships in real life. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy that like in film, we expect like a happy ending after people have known each other for like a month. And like, yeah, so you're so right. Like it's really rewarding as a viewer to like kind of know that they've been through it all because we when we're in relationships, we we go through it all. And like, you know, it's, it's refreshing to just see it on screen that way and like you said it's it's way more cathartic it's way more exciting at the end when they finally like work it out and and get to that end place of being together because you know that they've kind of hashed out all the different like stops and starts of their relationship already yeah um you know another another scene that i really love it's such a like it's such a like easy crowd-pleasing moment i felt it's like almost manipulative but you know when they're at that restaurant and they overhear those like gross guys like making all these comments about her and she just kind of like is like hey yeah <laughs> um, but it's just like uh that scene really reminded me of like um like you know like when like jimmy kimmel does those like celebrities read their tweets mm-hmm. you know yeah and it's like it's always awkward because like um uh, because it's like you know like people tweet about thirst all the time but it's like kind of fine but it's like when like the object of the thirst is actually like hearing it or seeing it it's like it becomes like real in a way that's like kind of creepy yeah it's like cringe (laughs) yeah (laughs) like um and it's also like um that scene also felt like really um like uh really uh, unfortunately timeless but also felt really relevant to like now you know because like now i feel like I, I mean, well, I don't know about in the 90s, but it seems like now we are more aware of, like, the language we use when we talk about celebrities, but especially, like, women. And um, I feel like, I mean, I know we are so we were talking about it 20 years ago. It's not like this is new, but um, I think especially with, like, social media, all that stuff, it feels more, like, immediate and more urgent to, like, you know, eradicate or fix or whatever. So I feel like, like, with that scene, like, I was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, uh, I just felt like, oh, yeah, like, this kind of stuff is, like, gross, and but, like, happens all the time, and even was happening 20, 30 years ago, and it was like a, but it was like, again, like, Julia Roberts is so good in that scene, because she just, like, has that, like, smirk that it's, like, it, like, eases the tension of, like, how gross it is, just because she just is, like, so, like, winking about it, and so, like, she's so, like, she's Julia Roberts, like, she can do no wrong, and 
um, just like having that like it felt really cathartic in a way to like have her like take some ownership back. Yeah, like she claps back through a yeah. smile when like none of these men deserve her attention in the right? least. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I loved that scene too because like it shows Hugh I forget Hugh Grant's character's name, but it shows his character's like devotion to like being the man in the relationship and like wanting mm-hmm. to stand up for her. And she's kind of just like, I don't need you to do that. Like yeah. I love it like we come from different worlds. I'm okay with us just sitting at this table and like, you know, having our meal and like going on with our lives. And so I love that, like he felt the need to do that. But then when she stands up for herself, it's like, you know, that this is someone who's not going to like take shit from anyone either. So it's like a good character development moment for her. Um, So I just loved, like it, it shows their dynamic in like a really interesting way that like he kind of is like, out of his depth like doesn't know what to do kind of like he's not used to having to like talk to people about them talk like trash talking a celebrity but he's like doing the best he can and she just comes in and like owns the situation and like i loved that you know it's so interesting what you say about you know he wants to be the man in the relationship um because i think a lot of this what makes this movie so unique is that in a lot of ways he's the girl in the relationship and even relationships that aren't between celebrities and real people like it's so like i mean just i mean even in real life how many times have we do we see our like female friends get jerked around by jerk guys who can't make up their minds and Mm -hmm. um and but in movies it's especially true and um like, he wants to, like, in that scene in particular, but throughout the whole movie, he wants to be the hero for her. And he just doesn't know, like, you know, another another really great scene is when, you know, he's telling, like, um, once the, like, it's kind of, like, out in the paparazzi that, you know, she was at his house, and he's like, well, whatever, and, you know, in a couple of days, everyone will forget about it, it'll blow over, and she really, like... Um, really explains to him that like no because like this story will come up anytime anyone does any story on me and it's going to be a part of the public thing forever and i was like oh wow like that's even more true now when like people's you know decades old tweets are coming up and um and things are being dug up all the time but it really shows that like exactly you're saying he's like out of his depth and he's trying to be the like you know the romantic hero the white savior or like the white yeah the the savior the um the white knight the white knight yeah <laughs> not the white savior <laughs> kind of movie. um but yeah the white knight and he wants to be that but he just has no clue like how to handle you know the press running like that and um it's like the only like He's so inept at being the support system that she needs that, like, it takes him so long to learn to, do, to learn to do that for her. Yeah, and, like, they don't talk much about his, like, wife or, like, that he's divorced from his ex-wife. Mm-hmm. But I'm, like, kind of curious about, like, what she was like because it just seems like he really wants to defend her honor and, like... Yeah. And Julia Roberts's honor, and it's like she kind of doesn't need him to do that. And it's she's like, I'm self sufficient. I don't really care what these people are saying. I also yeah. don't want to sit here and listen to them. But she's like very like self sufficient in that way. And I'm just curious, like what types of women he's dated in the past that he like wanted to do that. Um, but at the same time, it's like that's what society tells men that they have to do. So it could also yeah. just be that. <laughs> And it's also sad because, like, that's the first time he's dealt with that, but it's probably, like, the thousandth time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, any time she goes in public, there's any, there's a chance someone is talking about her in a way that is uh, upsetting. But she deals with it because it's, like, she has to. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I really want to talk about the... Like how this movie, how this movie ends in an absolutely perfect way, starting with you know her classic line, you know I'm just a girl, all the way through until the the press conference at the end, which is just a like perfect romantic comedy ending. Um, but I think the reason why that scene in the bookshop is so powerful is that like not only do we rarely get to see women be so like vulnerable and rejected and put like putting their hearts on the line 
But like Julia Roberts' performance is just so subtle. <laughs> like yes. for someone who is like, you know, the thousand watt smile and, you know, America's sweetheart for, you know, twenty years or whatever, like her performance in that scene is just so quiet. And just the way she is like smiling, but like her heart is breaking, it's just like I mean the camera loves her in every movie that she does, but like in that scene in particular, like it's like the camera is like cradling her because it's such a like heartbreaking moment. And it's, I, I can't imagine watching that movie, watching that part and being like, I don't feel anything. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. It's so, it's so beautiful. Yeah. And it's like, you can tell she's so defeated yeah. already because he's already been like, why did you say that thing about me? I heard you on the, on the, um, tape and like whatever of just saying like oh that's just a guy like whatever like he doesn't mean anything um and so it's like she already knows that like this is her last like her last chance with him and and i think she can also sense that rejection is coming and she's still going for it and it's like you said it's like so vulnerable and it really grounds her as like someone who's just like putting her heart out there and like we're all watching it break together and it's like yeah it's so awful but it's such a good line too because it she's just she's just a girl like she you know she's like yeah it strips away her celebrity it strips away everything like this like otherworldly part of her like none of that matters in that moment it's really just like her feelings and her feelings about him specifically and like if if he could just take a chance and like walk out that door with her um it's amazing i love it and I, you know, you, you say that she sees the rejection coming, and I totally agree with that because, like, you know, I think, you know, when he kind of confronts her about what she said on the mic, I think she offers a pretty, like, weak response, right? She's like, oh, that was just, like, my co-star is a gossip, so I don't want to I don't want him to know my yeah. feelings. I'm like, okay, lady, no one believes that. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think she is, like, exactly what you're saying. Like, she sees the rejection coming, and she sees that this is her last chance, and she goes for it in a way like she's hardly that vulnerable in this movie you know even in like the scene at the restaurant we were talking about like um she handles herself with such uh like class and dignity we hardly see her so undignified in this movie and we i mean drea roberts is um an actor who is you know always very poised on camera but to see her so soft and so heartbroken it's truly incredible and a lesser movie would have him you know accept the apology and take her back at that scene and end it there but this movie goes on for another 20 minutes and instead of dragging it actually becomes even more elevated as he you know is convinced by his friends to go after her again and goes to the press conference and i mean it's just a perfect perfect ending it's so like I mean, I, every time I watch it, I'm like in tears because just like it's like it's the fantasy of you know having this like public declaration of love, and it's through this like he's pretending to be a journalist and um, asking and like she's giving like the, two responses. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like great. full circle at the yeah, end too because yeah. he's like a horse and hound horse here, and hound. like back again. <laughs> but I do love, I really love that coffee scene, the coffee shop scene mm-hmm. with like just like the motley crew coming together like for their friend in the time of need and like they're all like obviously like you can tell by you know their tone they're all like you fucked up um but he like i love that they're all like no 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 no, like you totally did the right thing like reassuring him that you know like whatever he did like even though he did the stupidest thing ever that they're still there for him they're still going to support him yeah and then that's another part where Risa Fan's character just comes in and is like you're an absolute idiot and like what are you doing (laughs) and then the car scene like where they're just like going from they're just like going through traffic everyone jammed into this car um 
and just like maneuvering through like London traffic. And there's that part where Risa Fan's character just gets out of the car and is like directing traffic. It's just incredible. And like, that is some really good like rom-com stuff. Cause you're, I was like almost out of my seat, just like cheering them on. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. you gotta get there. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the whole like race to the airport or whatever, that's such a like cliche, but when it's done really well, like it is in this movie, it is, you're absolutely right. It's so thrilling. And you're just like, like, bouncing off <laughs> the, yeah. the, your sofa being like yeah yeah come on you can't be too late oh it's so great um and then when he gets to the press conference and he, you know um they're asking her about you know her like the guy that she was in london and um and he he asks her you know do you see yourself staying in london and she says indefinitely which is like that's just a perfect way. It's just a perfect word choice. Yeah. Like, there's something so romantic. Like she could just like they could have had her just say, "Oh yeah, I'm staying in London or I'm moving to London," but indefinitely just sounds like it reminds me of like the you know the phrase like unconditionally mm-hmm. unconditional love. You know, it just feels yeah. so like endless. Yeah, like it's commitment in yeah. that in that word. Yeah. And considering like how much she's like how much back and forth she's put him through, like. It feels like what you're saying, like commitment, like she's like, this is like, this is it. And it's going to go from here. Yeah. And it's a nice cap to like her scene previously when she's declaring herself to him. Cause it's like mm-hmm. in that moment we were like, yeah, this is like her last ditch effort. Yeah. And when he comes back to her, it's like, she's not letting him go this time. Like indefinitely, like I'm, you're sticking with me now. Like you're stuck with me basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's such a yeah, it's such a beautiful moment. And then you know, the the movie ends with um, like in the future where he's at the uh, Hollywood premiere, and it's like he kind of finally gets like how to support her as a partner within her Hollywood life. And instead of like saving her from it, he just is like um, just like there for her. Yeah, I love a good epilogue, so, like, mm-hmm. I I love that they add that in there, just to know that, like, because it easily could have ended it, indefinitely could have been, like, the last scene. Yeah. But it's, like, they gave us this little, like, treat of, like, yes, they are happily ever after, they're now expecting a child in the garden that they went to that one night, like, I love that, I love just, like, knowing that all is well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, One last thing I wanted to bring up, this is going a little out of order but the montage of all the like potential blind dates that he has includes like emily mortimer i think probably one of her like earlier roles um and like i love a good like bad first date montage <laughs> i think it's very funny and i, I yeah. thought this one, this one I mean, it was cute but it was cool to see uh, um emily mortimer in there i was like oh my god that's like I like she's like one of those actors I feel like has been around forever for so it was like weird to like see her in like a role where it's like not like no one knew that it like that she would become so big. Was uh, she the friend or the the one who's like a re- like makes out with people or something like that was like her shtick like she makes out like she's on death row or there's something weird like that that they said. I don't. Was that yeah, that? I don't think I don't think so. I think she was like. Or was she like, a good I'm, date? She was a good date. In, okay. On Wikipedia, she's credited as Perfect Girl. Got it. Okay, yeah. Um, no, because there were, like, a yeah. string of just, like, weirdos that yeah. showed up. So I yeah, wasn't sure yeah. if it was one of those. Because, yeah, she was she was really lovely. But it's, like, the thing that's interesting with those types of montage or, like, you know, scenes like that of people, like, trying other people on, it's, like, really hard to convey chemistry. And mm-hmm. so it's, like... They had a perfectly good time, but it's, like, it's so hard to get it right where it's, like, both actors are great, they're, like, having a nice time, but there's no spark. And, like, to juxtapose that with, like, the main love story and, like, to make sure that they do have a spark, it's, like, a very, like, interesting um, balance that you have to strike. Yeah, that's a really good point because, like, there's nothing, like... A lot of the a lot of the people in that montage were like obviously like weird and unattractive on some way, but like with Emily Mortimer, it was just like exactly there's no like spark there. It's, yeah, it's really hard to do that, and um, it's also hard to like make you make make the audience root for sort of like the messy romance, <laughs> not yeah. to be like 
you know, I feel like there's so many times when, like, people, like, I mean, we just went through this whole discourse with, like, happiest season, right, where there's, like, people are, like, um, they, like, they don't, like, the movie was kind of, like, controversial because, like, the romance at the center of it was, like, a little, mm-hmm. like, messy and problematic, whatever, but then mm-hmm. there was, like, this, like, perfect person on, on the wings and people, like, want them to end up together, but in some ways it's, like, you know, it just doesn't, you, like, sometimes the messy romance is the one that's, like, more... I don't know, engaging yeah, to watch. It's like more rewarding to see people work through all of that yeah. mess than just like jump ship and be like, all right, well, I found this other person. Yeah, like, yeah. Because I, I was, although I have to admit, like I was team like Aubrey Plaza because she's incredible in that movie. I, she is, yeah. But no, I mean, like, it's like, yeah, yeah, no, totally. But I also, yeah, for the story purposes, like I totally yeah, understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I only bring that up. I mean, I tend to agree with you, but I only bring it up as the most recent example of this sort of like perfect versus like messy thing but yeah yeah totally um do you have any final thoughts on the movie anything last minute you want to bring up before we finish um i feel like i touched on all of my favorite scenes um i was gonna ask you one question sure which is if this were to happen to you in real life which celebrity would you want to fall in love with oh boy man um Oh man, this is like I'm like I think like in terms of like really like told like even like be like way way far from my league like a Daniel Craig type. I mean, I would love to just like meet him and like you know have him be like you know like the annotatable guy. But also like um like a I could also be like a like a Seth Rogen type, you know, or like a Jack Black, just like funny and like cool and interesting. Like, I mean, like Seth Rogen, he's like one of my guys. So I, I would say like, great. Yeah. yeah, I would say actually he would be the like the closest to someone that I could probably like work up the nerve to like talk to. <laughs> like, That's a great choice. Yeah. How about you? Oh, hands down, Michael B. Jordan. Oh, I'm yeah. obsessed with him. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, like, he's, like, completely out of my league. But, like, I <laughs> love him so much. Like, I would absolutely die if I saw him. And if he, like, kissed me in a bookshop, holy shit, like, I'm game over. I would be the end like, of your life. Like, I would be deceased. <laughs> I'm on the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, that is a great, great place to end. Um, Radhika, where can people find you online? Like, what are you working on? Um, yeah, well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at men and rad. Um, I mainly am writing for Decider, which is part of New York Post and Paste Magazine these days. And I'm also going to be part of a fun little anthology, um, which is centered on South Asian stories. So that's coming out soon. Um, so all the info is on my Twitter and Instagram. Excellent. Yes, very much looking forward to that. That'll be very, uh, very exciting to uh, to look into. Um, you can find me on Twitter at thebadish89, and also the podcast is on Twitter at it had to be you. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to help people find the show. Uh, Radhika, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm really glad to um, have you on. I would definitely love to have you back for Music and Lyrics. I will not forget this. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun, and I will be there. Just let me know what time and what place, and we'll do it. <laughs> and listeners, um, if you have not seen Notting Hill, it is currently streaming on HBO Max, and I recommend it to you. Um, it's not really a holiday movie, per se, Day, but it does give you that like you know Christmas movie feels um, so it definitely is a good movie to watch in these cold winter nights um, thanks for listening and I will uh, be back in the new year so happy holidays and happy new year happy new year